Welcome to the Progressaholic Podcast. At Progressaholic, we highlight stories of individuals dedicated to the progress of self and society to educate you on how to create impact within yourself and the communities that you operate in. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we really, really hope that you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Progressaholic Podcast, and today we have with us David Mendoza. Now, David is an educator, career coach, an entrepreneur with over 10 years of experience working in the post-secondary education system in Ontario, supporting international students in all areas of career growth and personal development. He personally immigrated to Canada in 2006. His background is in business, marketing, and community services, and he is passionate about impactful educational approaches and experiential learning. He's the director of Orbit 5, a learning initiative that prepares international students to transition smoothly into life in Canada, as well as a professor at George Brown College, where he teaches career preparation-related courses. As a former international student himself, through his work, he aims to empower students to explore career paths that lead to happiness and well-being so they feel challenged and motivated to make great contributions to this thriving society. I personally connect with David a lot because I'm an international student myself. And <laughs> incredible work uh, with international students. So I have a lot of respect for him. And David, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time out to be here. Thank you so much, David, for, for having me here. It's a pleasure to uh, chat with you again. It's our pleasure. And uh, before we start off, tell us a little bit more about sort of um, how the idea of Orbit 5 came up, because I'm pretty interested to learn about this a little more. Yeah, uh, I think you, you mentioned that a little bit uh, during the intro. I was an international student myself years ago. I had the chance uh, to, I was still in Colombia. This is uh, maybe 18 years ago. I was completing my, my bachelor's in business and halfway through, I went to England uh, to a small town, small city called Bournemouth, yeah. the coast of England to improve my English. Yeah. So I went there as an international student and it was a life change experience I can say that is like life of David is before and after uh, that international ex- student experience and it was life-changing because I pushed myself to make it life-changing I didn't want to play safe I was aware of the big investment that, that my parents had done or had made in order to send me there and help me become bilingual yeah, yeah. so what I did uh, was of course getting along with everyone uh, including like people who, sorry, folks who spoke my, my, my native language, but I aim to build really strong relationships or friend, friendships with other students who yeah. did not speak Spanish, which is my first language, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I had, and I was very fortunate that I was staying at a homestay with a British family and I had a very good connection with them and they supported me a lot through the process. So, uh, yeah, so I went back home fully bilingual and then... When I came to Canada in 2006 uh, and started working in post-secondary, I started noticing that international students were not making the most of the experience because they were playing too safe. They were, for example, classes that I have taught at George Brown where I have a big number of international students. it's all you, can, you always see clusters, yeah. So the Indians with the Indians, the Vietnamese with the Vietnamese, the Brazilian with the Brazilians, the Canadian with the Canadians, yeah. So then uh, they're not making the most of the investment, yeah. They're just changing geographic locations, and they are not being able to pursue the opportunities that they want to pursue or the things, the goals that they had that they had set for themselves to achieve before they came to this country. Yeah. So that's why I decided 
to, and you know, through the work that I did at the college as well as support staff for a few years, uh, designing uh, workshops and, and sessions to empower the international student population. Mm-hmm. I thought that I wanted to do something with my skill and be more of, you know, of, you know, like uh, follow like a self-employment model. Yeah. And I created Orbit 5, which is an initiative that prepares international students to transition yeah. into life in Canada. So now, um, of course, like when, when a student, when a student comes here to this country, they are, they are thinking about their education and they're thinking about their career, but those are secondary aspects. Uh, me with my work, I want them to think about their life transition and how that decision of that they made of coming to North America, specifically Canada is going to impact their life in their present but most importantly for the future that they want to build for themselves. So my initiative, more than uh, other pre-arrival services that exist, that exists out there, and of course are important uh, because you know students like learn that they need to break, they need to get a, a, a good winter coach to deal with the winter yeah. and to use the uh, you know the you know like how to use the TTC, the transportation system, and all that. My initiative challenges the biases and prejudices that they grew up with uh we have a lot of conversation about their mental health and yeah. how their transitions also have affect their mental health and have an impact on it yeah. because without mental health you cannot do anything and yeah. what i see is that students many many times because sometimes is you know many, many times because a lot of them is the first time that they leave their homes is the first time that they leave their home countries etc uh, once they come here and deal with a new reality, a culture shock, another language, and their parents are not here with them, their mental health can be impacted, and that prevents them to integrate in well into society and yeah. maybe building relationships that could expedite the career ambitions that they want to pursue. Yeah, like there's definitely like parts that I want to unpack a little bit more, but like if I had to ask, because you've dealt with so many different international students, um, mm-hmm. and each of them comes with their own stories, their own personalities, you know, a bunch of different factors. But is there like maybe any specific underlying issue that you've seen that a, like a majority of them face? Maybe that's like an insecurity. It could be, as you said, the biases that they have about Canadians, non-Canadians. Mm-hmm. Was there like any like specific thing that you saw right there? I think, you know, like people think, you know, I attended a conference at York University last year on uh, international student pathways. Yeah. And the conversation that people were having was around isolation. We were not dealing with the COVID thing yet, as of, you know, as of yet. Uh, so isolate that they feel like I felt isolated and that they were not uh, getting uh, good jobs, right? <clears throat> but I, th- I think those are preventable problems. Of course, isolation now is different. It's different because it's mandatory pretty much, right? But before, it was it's something that is preventable. I think that the, the, the problem is the transition, yeah? And they're not transitioning because of, in my opinion, one of the underlying issues is the biases that they grew up with, so the prejudice. And I'm going to talk to you from, give you an example from, a perspective from the Latin American context, which is yeah. where I was born and raised. Yeah, you don't need to be uh, rich. You don't need to come come from a wealthy family or a rich family to grow up full of prejudice in your head. Yeah. So, for example, when you are in high school or in university and you meet someone new, another student, or someone your age or something, the first question that you ask that person is, "Where do you go for school?" Yeah? yeah, and then depending on the answer, and because social stratification is so prevalent in in Latin America, yeah. depending on the answer, 
in a microsecond, you decide if you want to build a relationship with that person or not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if they come from the same social status, from the same good schools or some or good universities, mm -hmm. then you decide to build a relationship with them. If the answer is something that you don't want to hear, mm -hmm. then you decide immediately decide immediately that you don't want to build a relationship with that person. And it's a shame because you miss out on getting to know a very valuable individual and human with a very different story, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Or you just make assumptions that because of that school or that university that they go with, you just make assumptions that you miss out on, on meeting and building relationships with great humans. Yeah. So the same thing happens when, 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 when people think about other cultures. And I think every country experiences, experiences this, right? Yeah. Oh, people in, from these countries are this. People from those cultures are that. This, that, that. So you come with those. You, you grew up with those things. Yeah. That you come here and then, for example, if you come to a city like Toronto, which is the most diverse or the second most, more, most diverse and multicultural city in the entire world and you come from with sorry you come with that mentality it's going to be very difficult for you to integrate well into society you need to have an open mind and you need to understand that you can learn tons from someone who substantially looks very different from you at first glance but then if you put the put in the effort and the work to get to know that person's story you will see that there's more similarities than differences yeah so i think one of the underlying problems is definitely the biases that they that they, they have grown up with yeah yeah i definitely agree uh that's something that i've seen myself a lot of my friends have been international as well so 100 percent that was that was you you killed it bang on and uh, sort of segueing from that sort of into the times you're in right now, which is with the pandemic and all that. Uh, do you think that maybe the same issues have with that are facing international students is just like increased even more? Maybe there's even like new issues that have come up with the pandemic that we're sort of going on in right now? I think right now the issues are that uh, many of the students, well, the students, uh, they have had to uh, adapt to a very different, to, to, a, to a new reality really quickly, right? Yeah. So their classes got canceled. And then they were told that the classes were going to be delivered on an online basis only. Now they're, they're told that probably, uh, you know, that school is not going to be open for summer term. Yeah. yeah. So every, every content will be still delivered online. We don't know if the institution will be open in, will be opening for the fall term in September. Yeah. So all those things. Yeah. And now imagine in all, another th very, very important thing. Another is that uh, some of them, for example, had inter internships lined up. Yeah. Uh, but they got it, they got canceled because of the situation, not because the student was not able to find it or because they have not, they were not skilled to find one. Yeah. They, they, in the internships were canceled in, in some cases, right? Because the companies told them, you know what? And we know that we had this agreement, but we cannot honor it anymore. Yeah. Right. So then that impacts the student's self-confidence and they get disheartened and then they feel that maybe it's because then, then now that they don't have the ability to find another one. So they're dealing with an, that other reality. Yeah. So work prospects, uh, financial issues as well, because some of them have to work on a part-time basis in order to pay the bills. Because if you come to Canada to study, it's a beautiful experience, but reality is that this country is very expensive. Yeah. yeah? So if you come from a wealthy family, for sure, you're going to be fine. But a lot of the international students that come here are, are not from wealthy families. Yeah. They might be here with scholarships or they have to work part-time or they have saved for years in order to, to, to give themselves this opportunity. Yeah. So financial impact as well. Yeah. So all these things are having a huge impact on their mental health. 
yeah? Maybe on their physical health as well, because maybe their immune systems, like, uh, they lower their capacity to fight, like, potential, exactly. like, viruses or, or exposure yeah. or things like that. So I think in terms of career, uh, career-wise, uh, that's one of the most important aspects that they are uh, facing that could you'd be a hurdle uh, towards the completion of the goals that they had set for themselves. Yeah. So sort of maybe like the career aspect of things that you mentioned, um, like how do you think maybe like recruiting or career development has changed with regards to COVID? And I mean, what are ways for international students to like tackle those? Yeah. So I think what I think about, you know, in terms of the recruitment and the recruitment industry is that I think they're going to be, forced uh, to, to be more human and more empathetic uh, when it comes to receiving applications and that. Yeah. Because, you know, like it's very, it's very hard when a person has a gap in employment, for example. Yeah. They fear the job search process because they are scared that they're going to be stigmatized and they don't know, they, they cannot find the right words to explain that gap. Yeah. With this situation, because so many people have been furloughed or, or, or laid off from their jobs, a lot of people are coming out of this crisis with gaps in employment and maybe a lot of them will experience like a longer uh, gap in employment after the crisis is over, et cetera, while, uh, while they find another job and whatnot. Yeah. So, so I think the human aspect within the recruitment, within the recruitment industry is going to be, uh, is going to be more prevalent, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I think some of the rules maybe uh, can, will be, I'm not going to say bent, but I think people will be able to make more exceptions, yeah. but I think from, 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 uh, from, you know, like talking about an international student perspective, they don't, ha- they don't have to worry about that. Recruiters do their job. Students have to worry about themselves and their process. Yeah. Whatever they decide to do in the recruitment industry, if they want to change things or if they want to have the same mentality that they had before or the same or non-mentality or the same approaches that they have applied before, it doesn't matter. Right. You have to be uh, able to become self-aware of who you are, how you sailed through this crisis and what is the value that you add to the organizations that you want to apply uh, to and the the people that you want to work uh, with. So, for example, uh, we've been talking about lately, I've been reading a lot about AQ, uh, which some people call it uh, uh, adaptation quotient. Some other people call it adversity quotient. Yeah. Okay. In any case, it involves resiliency, problem solving, creativity, adaptability. Yeah. yeah. So if you think, uh, if you think, international students, they already have a high level of AQ because they already came to this to other country, another country. They had to adapt to a different reality, a different language, different social dynamics. So they already have that. They know how to adapt. Yeah. yeah. So it's how they become aware of that so that they can engage people in conversations, you know, like people who potentially can help them expedite their job search, job prospects or their career ambitions to let them see that they already have this ability to adapt to new environments very easily. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that they definitely they have, but a lot of them, they might not be self-aware. Right. So that's why we need to have conversation with these students so that deep conversations that allow them to have to ask themselves honest questions with honor, with honest answers to yeah. capitalize on the things that they do have and maybe like, you know, do work uh, yeah. into strengthening things that they are lacking that, that, that can help them become more marketable. 
Yeah. And I like this uh, adaptation kosher that you brought up. I think that was something yeah. really new. Never heard of it. So Yeah. And you know what? Like people are saying, you know, that, you know, people were talking about IQ and EQ, you know? Yeah. Uh, and they were saying like how, how EQ has become so important in the work, uh, in the workplace, right? Mm-hmm. Now people are saying that AQ is going to be as important as EQ and maybe even more important than IQ. Okay. Right. So you can be the smartest person, right? You, like technically, you can, but if you don't know how to adapt to a new reality, if you know, if you don't know, if you come from, I'm going to say from Colombia, for example, if I come from, from Colombia and I have the best qualifications, the best grades at school, yeah. great experience. But if I come here and I cannot adapt to my team, which in my team in Toronto, I, there, there could be people from 10 different nationalities. Yeah. If yeah. I cannot adapt to that, or if I cannot adapt to change, or if I cannot adapt like quickly to work, to remote work, then it's gonna be a problem, right? Yes, yes. That so that combined with a with EQ, with emotional intelligence, I think they're gonna be aspects that international students really need to be aware of yeah. and work to develop further if they have not done so already. Yeah. And also, you brought up a point about the value add that you bring to your organizations. So maybe um, would like what would be specific ways that students? So, for example, if right now, if you're an international student and you may not have a job for now and you're applying, but you still have spare time because you know, your academics are over and all that, whatever. So what would be ways that maybe you could add value and to yourself so that, you know, in the future you can set yourself up even better for the future jobs that are going to be available. I think this is a perfect opportunity and right now, like being in a lockdown and with this pandemic, I think it's a very uh, crucial time for them to think about the value that they add and, put something into action that can show that, uh, that value, for example, leadership, right? Empathy. Yeah. So for like the, uh, two weeks ago I had, I delivered a webinar of, for a group of international students on job search, uh, in times of self-containment. Yeah. And at the end of the webinar, I told the students, Hey, like if anyone wants to, uh, develop an initiative that can help you hone in certain skills that, that will make you more competitive in your industry. Yeah. And most importantly, empower the international student population, yeah. connect with me, and then, and then we'll have a chat. Yeah. Five minutes later, these students are from, uh, from, uh, global management, from, from a global ma- management program in a college here in Toronto. He reached yeah. out and he said, hey, David, you know what? I, I have had used LinkedIn more assertively for the past six months and I've seen the growth. I'm not an influencer by any means, but I've seen the growth that I have and the connection that I've made and the conversations that I'm having. Mm. So what I would like to do is maybe if you could help me co-facilitate our webinar on LinkedIn for international students, how to master, how to do research on LinkedIn, how to connect with other people within a North American context, et cetera. Mm. I'm like, absolutely hundred percent. Yeah. So that shows leadership. Yeah. That shows leadership. So, for example, if he, next time he goes to an interview, yeah. a video interview or a face-to-face interview, if, 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 if ever they will happen again, yeah, he can say that when they ask themselves, tell me what, how, what do you do to yeah. stay current? Yeah. What skills did you develop through this pandemic? What did you do to, you know, to, to add value to, to an organization like this potentially. And yeah. they can talk about those experiences, right? I took initiative to connect with someone to, to facilitate a webinar in this that allowed me to hone in on my uh, leadership skills, my public speaking skills, my facilitation skills. And at the same time, I empowered my peer students who are having a really hard time going through this pandemic because they are not, they're by themselves. They are not with their, with their, with their, beloved ones right so yeah. so things like that yeah 
So also the student has to make sure that they don't sell themselves short. Yeah. Mm. Most of the international students, when they come here, they come with a wealth of experience and education. But for some reason, in many instances, they think that those experiences are not valid anymore. Yeah. yeah? And then that makes them sell themselves short. Right. Mm especially when, when, when it comes to platforms like LinkedIn. Yeah? yeah. The other day I was talking to a, a student from Colombia, actually. She reached out and she said, if a, uh, because I've been offering uh, online coach, coaching uh, on a one-to-one basis on webinar, uh, like group, group facilitation through webinars uh, to international students in Canada and the US. Yeah. And she connected with me and she asked me if she, if, if she could have a conversation with me on a one-to-one, on a one-to-one basis for sure. So before our conversation, I checked her profile, right? Yeah. And I saw her experience, right? She worked for one of the biggest multinationals uh, in, you know, back home. Yeah. She, has, she has an MBA from Spain. She was a professor in one of the most reputable universities in Latin America. You know, all that stuff. Wow. But then when I saw her about section on LinkedIn, it was like, there was like two lines. <laughs> uh, business professional this with great communication skills and able to work under pressure, right? Yeah. And her headline was just student of uh, X, XYZ program at XYZ University. Yeah. So when we had a conversation and she told me about, I corroborated all the information that I saw in her profile. She told me about that in, in further detail. Yeah. I told her, look, when I, when, when I see your profile, what I, what I see written there is not doing any justice at all to the incredible story that you just told me and the incredible achievements that you just shared with me. Yeah. In all honesty, this profile that I'm, that I'm looking at right now, it, it's, it's like someone fresh of high school just created <laughs> it a half an hour ago. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. So through that conversation, she was more aware of the value that potentially she can add to any organization because she has accomplishments or she has helped uh, you know organizations uh in, increase revenue by eight million dollars right yeah. all these things that nobody saw there right and, and now talking about the recruit the recruiters if a recruiter you know stumbles upon her profile yeah and sees that she has good communication skills and she's able to work under pressure well that's, that doesn't give them a clear picture in their head of yeah. what she can uh, potentially add. Yeah? yeah. But if she, she, and she actually did the work and, and her profile looks so polished, so much better and sends such powerful message that makes her so attractive. Yeah. yeah. It's easier for a recruiter to, uh, in five seconds to, Oh, now I have an idea of what is the value that this person can add to the organization. Now it's up to them to give them a call, right? And then just like uh, engage further in the conversation, yeah. ask them for more examples of her work, et cetera, more stories. Yeah. And it's up to the student now to embrace those excellent elements that she has built in that experience, in their past experience, combined with the education and the training that she's got here. Yeah. Boom an amazing opportunities can be created. So it's up to the student to really have introspection and a very deep, honest conversation. So they are aware of what makes them unique and what makes them a potential excellent candidate for whatever applications they are part of. Exactly. A hundred percent. I love that. The way you described it was beautiful. And uh, do you think that maybe like even like something like, um, Cause like now I know like a lot of 
um, university, the spring term is over and mm-hmm. there's a little bit of gap between the spring and the summer term. Um, do you think maybe like a good idea is to maybe take some like free online courses or something? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so I think we have, we have to, to look to, uh, to, uh, into a few things. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not, I'm telling student, Hey, you just completed your, your, your term. Right. And you were overwhelmed because of the, the new way of, uh, content deliver, et cetera. Yeah. Now you finish and go like dive into like projects and that like spend mm-hmm. 10, 12 hours a day. No, you don't have to do that. You have to look after yourself as well and do things for self care. Yeah. If you need to take a break, do it or f- and find things that you can within the confinement context that yeah. you enjoy and that are good for your mental health. Right. Yeah. But at the same time you do because look before we were complaining about being busy right yeah everyone was busy you didn't even have even even have time for your friends for your family for nothing because your friend texted you hey let's hang out tomorrow i'm busy let's do this i'm busy i'm busy so time was like the 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 biggest commodity yeah covid right now we have time we have more time yeah so i think again so it's up to the student to do thorough research on those industries of interest that they are interested in joining and collaborating and adding value to. Yeah. Find out what are the most essential and important skills that could give them a competitive edge Yeah. and then make a list of those skills and then match the ones that they already have yeah. with the ones that, that they have found with through their research. Yeah? yeah. And the ones that they're still missing, do a, do, a, uh, do courses, do something that so, so that you can start getting them, right? So yeah. for example, all students from, at least from the, from the Ontario post-secondary system, they have access to LinkedIn learning, yeah? yeah? Through the library of the institutions, yeah? So you don't have to pay for a LinkedIn premium account because with your institution, you already have access to that. You know how many students know about this? Very few, Very yeah? Few, yeah? Very few, right? They don't, they don't know that they have these, these things because they have not taken the time to really ask around in their institution what is it available for me that can support and optimize my learning experience yeah, yeah. okay so they find out that LinkedIn learning is, is there so for example if my work if i if i know that my line of work uh requires people to have uh high levels of proficiency in excel yeah mm. And I don't have that, yeah? Well, I will go to LinkedIn Learning and I look for Excel courses that I can take at my own pace yeah. from the comfort of my home, through my laptop, through my iPad, right? I love LinkedIn Learning and those courses because they're broken down in short segments, right? And it's two hours, three hours, right? Yeah. And then you get all that knowledge and then you can yeah. practice, you can do that, there's exercises. And yeah. at the end, when you complete the certificate, you can add that to your LinkedIn profile or even to your resume if, if, yeah. if you think it's relevant. Yeah. You think it will kind of give you like uh, bonus points, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely, right? There's so many platforms out there and, and this is something that educational uh, institutions have to think about as well because I think it's, uh, it's going to be a huge part of the future of education, yeah. uh, being able to deliver content in, in, in formats like that that are easier to digest, friendlier, that students can take at their own pace. So definitely, but then it, again, it's up to the student yeah. to do their research, to try to connect maybe with people in, on LinkedIn who are yeah. part of the industry. And at, once they have built a relationship with those people, ask them, hey, what kind of skills did you apply or you had to learn yourself to be more competitive in your industry? Mm-hmm. Get that insight and then make sure that you strengthen those skills at your own pace 
while you are in the lockdown. If you spend 24-7 watching Netflix, yeah. and then once this crisis is over, yeah. what are you going to talk about when you go, yeah. to, when you go out there and, and talk to an employer, right? Exactly. I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying do not watch Netflix. No, like watch. Like if you want to watch a show, if you're hooked to a show, like watch. I don't know. Like it's up to you to decide how much time you want to allocate to those things. Mm -hmm. So it's another skill that you should be able to, to, to develop and apply during this lockdown is prioritization. Yeah. yeah, and you can talk again. You can talk to people. I think after the after COVID, people are going to be more interested in hearing human stories. Exactly, and you can collect so much content yeah. through the actions that you take during the lockdown. Yeah, prioritization. Like for example, if 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 somebody asks you, "What's your weakness?" and a lot of students are scared of that question, right? So yeah. maybe prioritization was about one of your weaknesses before, right? Yeah, but if you really wanted to become self-aware and have that honest conversation with yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And make sure that you learn how to prioritize and you give the employer an example of how you did and how you sail through, you know, the crisis thanks to that uh, acquired skill. Mm -hmm. Beautiful answer. You have a perfect answer to, to, to when they ask you a question like that. Exactly. Yeah. And even like one hour of learning a day. I mean, no one's like, I completely agree with you. Like no one's saying stop watching Netflix. Even if you watch like four hours of Netflix a day, but if you just spend even one hour a day at yeah. seven hours a week, that's 28 to 30 hours a month, which yeah. 30 hours of content if you're consuming in a month, that's helping right. you out some aspect. It's more than enough. You know? Absolutely. So it's, 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 it should be all part of, of a strategy again. And that's, and these are the conversations that I'm having with the students right now when I speak with them on a, on a one-on-one -on -one basis or through, through the webinars, right? It's like, what is the strategy? If you are really concerned, you're so concerned about uh, that you are not finding a job right now or that you will have difficulties finding a job or that your internship got canceled, what's your plan of action? What's your strategy right now? What are, what are the steps that you're taking right now yeah. to, 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 to change yeah. that reality, right? And maybe on like the mental health aspect. So yeah. like, I know like a lot of international students are away from their loved ones, me including. I know, I don't know when I'm going to be able to see my family. Um, and I know what's worked for me, but maybe because you have such a breadth of experience in international students, mm -hmm. what do you suggest to sort of like keep yourself mentally fit when you're maybe alone, your friends are all over the place. Yeah. You can't really see your family. I think the feelings of like, loneliness start to creep in. So first of all, it's acknowledging your emotions. Yeah. If you are experiencing, if you're having a bad day, if you are feeling that you don't want to get out of bed, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling like high level support and say, acknowledge that yeah. and understand that does, that doesn't, that doesn't make you weak. Right. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing in North America, at least in Canada, we have been, opening the conversation about mental health for the past, I want to say five, six, seven years yeah. more, there's still stigma around it. We, we cannot, we cannot say that there is no, no stigma because there's still a stigma around the topic. Yeah. But at least we are having those conversations yeah. with international students. The thing is that in many cultures, mental health is uh, perceived as a huge taboo. Yeah. And if someone decides to open up and say that they are depressed, they're going to, people are going to tell them they're crazy, that they're weak, that they, that they have no worth, etc. Take into account that here is a different context and you are in a safer space here when it comes yeah. to that, those, those uh, matters, those topics. Yeah. So if you have that, acknowledge that. Yeah. yeah. 
talk to someone maybe who has experienced something like that. Or if you, if you feel, uh, if you don't feel safe or you feel, uh, not comfortable sharing this with your immediate circle, like your friends and that reach out again to your institution because there are counselors, professional counselors right now delivering their services online that can have these conversations with you and support you through that process to make sure that your mental health is on point, you know, is crucial. It's crucial, especially now, because for example, you are, where are you in London? London I'm in Ontario. Toronto, yes. You're in London, right? Uh, so, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to choose another, a, a city that is closer to Toronto. Say Oakville. Yeah. Oakville, which is yes. like three hours from here. Yeah. If I'm a student from Oakville, I'm, I'm born and raised in Oakville, like a Canadian student. Right. And I decided to come to Toronto to study. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If one day I'm feeling bad, I feel like shitty, I'm feeling like, you know, I call my mom and my dad, hey, I'm feeling like that. And my mom and my dad are going to pick me up and in three hours I'm home. But if you come from New Delhi, if you come from, you know, like Bombay, if you come from Tokyo, if you come from Hanoi, right? If you come from Rio, right? You can't, your parents cannot pick you up and you cannot jump in the next plane to be with them. So it's a different challenge, you know? And for example, look, there are students who came here to Canada in January, yeah, six weeks later, they're in lockdown. Six yeah. weeks later, can you imagine? They came with all these expectations, with all these hopes. Oh my God, Canada, I'm gonna go through an amazing country. I'm so excited, yeah. So they started like going to classes, maybe, you know, they started integrating well, they're starting getting comfortable with the dynamics. And then next day they're like, hey, so you cannot leave your place anymore. Only if you need to buy groceries or go into a pharmacy. What? Yeah. So my family are not here, and then I cannot go out. I couldn't even see the new friends that I made. What the hell? Right. Mm-hmm. So that can potentially have a massive impact on your mental health. Yeah. yeah. So that's why self care is very important, and that's why also acknowledging that something is going on in there, and that you're not feeling as you normally feel, it's an important and embrace that. Um, embrace, you know, acknowledge the emotion, embrace the emotion, but you know, look for help. Yeah, and they and there are different institutions here like CAMH and that that you or two one one that you can reach out to. But I would start with what you have at hand, and what you have at hand is your institution. Yeah, uh, because you have because you have paid such a ridiculous amount of money yeah. for your tuition. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you use the resources that are available because their yeah. job as counselors, my job as a professor from the college, my job and our job is to help you succeed. That's it. That's yeah. our agenda. Yeah. But if you don't reach out to us, if you don't tell us, right? Yeah. How can we support you? Right. Exactly. exactly. Just acknowledging that, and, and also like it would be it would be beautiful like if, if students like who, who who go through these things and and get the support that they need. They 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 talk about these things with their peers. That they 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 get gather around even like oh, through a Zoom meeting and talk about and be vulnerable, become vulnerable and talk about exactly. what are the things that are going through their heads so that they can support each other. Right. Mm-hmm. They're not also oh, they because you know one one of the things that also is that when people people experience mental health challenges, they feel alone. They feel that they are the only ones going through this. And no. The thing is that nobody talks about it because they're scared of the stigma. Yeah. yeah. But more people experiencing, especially now, are experiencing these challenges. So it's good that people share. Maybe yeah. by sharing with other people and just understanding that you're not going through this, that you're not the only one going through this. Maybe that will ease your mind and you don't even, and you might not even have to go talk to a counselor, right? (laughs) If it's a more serious situation, for sure, like look for professional help, but maybe just by, 
you know, by sharing your experience yeah. with, with your peers. Again, it's, it's, it, this, is, this is the message that I'm sending, that I, I want international students to really build strong community. And I don't want to exclude domestic students, yeah? yeah. I, I focus my work on international because they face different challenges. Yeah. But if they can also share this, this thing with the, with the local students, so they, they build a strong student community where all members of it will keep an eye on each other and support yeah. one another, I think everyone has, ha, uh, will have the ability to thrive. 100%, 100%. I love that. And maybe just uh, sort of close it off. Do you think that do you have any suggestions for international students to, because like a lot of international students, as you said, have a lot of skills um, they've developed over time, either in their home countries or in the time in Canada or wherever. So do you have any specific ways that maybe they can help out with the shutdown to use these skills effectively to maybe help out with the shutdown, like in some aspect within a charity or within like this? Like Yeah. So for example, for example, for, for example, folks who are worried about, uh, worried about, um, uh, the, the jobs and that yeah. maybe there's there's possibilities for them to volunteer you know yeah. so find volunteer volunteer especially with, with small businesses yeah okay. that's why I, I was so happy when you connect me, connected me with Andrew Moss yeah. uh, because because the website that he created is connecting students and small businesses and entrepreneurs so that they can it, so to, to form win-win situations, right? Mm-hmm. Some of the opportunities might be volunteer on a volunteer basis, but again, that can help you build portfolio. That can help you build a resume. So think about things that you might be interested in and see what companies do something like that so that you can have a conversation with them and see if at least on a volunteer basis, you can get the, your foot in the door, right? Yeah. You don't know that you start as a volunteer and then because they like your job, so your, your work so much and work ethics, yeah. that could unfold into a part-time or a full-time paid position. Yeah. Uh, so things like things like that, again, like showing, showing how they can hone in their skills, you know, for example, skills that they have been developing by, uh, empowering their community as well, the, the other students, uh, tutor maybe other people who are struggling with with uh, schoolwork or something like that. Yeah, there's so many, so many, so many things that they that they can do. Yeah, that's a hundred percent, hundred percent agree. And uh, David, I want to thank you again for taking the time out to be here. Uh, I know you're dealing with like a lot of international students going through their own, like going through a lot of different issues. So. Personally, I'm really grateful for the time that you're giving me over here. Uh, so thank you, thank you, thank you so much, first of all. Second of all, please tell us, if anyone's listening to this, what would be the best way for someone to reach you? So the best way to reach me would be, I think, two ways. Uh, LinkedIn, uh, David Mendoza. And I don't know if you, if you have the chance to, to share we'll, we'll do my it. LinkedIn uh, URL here on, on the notes. Uh, all by email, connect at orbit5.ca. So check out my website as well, orbit5.ca. So those would be the best, the best ways. And again, if you, if you think, for example, what, you, what you're doing is amazing. What you're doing is like showing all, all the things that we have talked about today. I think there, you know, like you are a clear representation of what a student can do to make the most of their time here in Canada. By, you, by creating this podcast, you are raising awareness of, you know, uh, struggles that international students uh, can, can uh, experience ways that they can, you know, or strategies that they can apply to, uh, to overcome those struggles. You are, you are collecting incredible content by creating this initiative that will for sure open um, many doors for you in the future for whatever path, career and life path that you want to walk. Right. So I want to congratulate you. I, it's such an honor to be 
with you today and having this conversation and you opening your platform for me to to convey that message and and, and again uh, what I want is for the international student community to feel empowered and to make the most of their time here in this beautiful amazing land called Canada because I tell them when when I talk to them like look how lucky and I congratulate you and congratulate yourself on the decision that you made when you chose Canada as your destination for to further your education yeah. because look what the government is doing for the citizens and even for international students as well who are eligible to get the support yeah. etc other countries are not are not doing anything yeah. similar right yeah. so just make the most of the time that you have in this amazing uh, country and and hopefully you can become part of this thriving society as well thank yeah. you so much Thank you so much again, David, for the bottom of my heart. Really, really appreciate it. And thank you a lot for the kind words as well. Thank you so much. We'll be in touch. If you liked any part of that, please, please, please leave us a review. It would mean the world to us. And please let us know your thoughts, how you think we can improve and continue providing more and more value to our community because we are here to serve you and make sure that you have the best time possible and really kill it in your self-development journey. Thank you very much.